South by Southeast, the show that gives due South its dues. Mountain Michelle. Now, 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 what is Jason or Jay from the Viewer Skew Films doing here? Jason Muse. Is that? I don't know what you want me to say right now. What's his surname? Muse. Jason Muse. Muse. Oh, Muse. Jesus Christ! Uh, I mean, I mean, I thought she would get the joke from this. The joke is meant to be that she's meant to mistaken the word Jews for another word, and the word Muse she's just said it four or five times, and she still doesn't get that's meant to be the rhyme of the week. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you said the rhyme several times. You couldn't work out from that. That's why I was trying to elicit. I was completely lost with what I was supposed to be doing then. So, Michelle, what's Jason or Jay from the Pure Skew films doing here? He's watching Due South. No, you meant to say, no, I thought you said Muse. We do this joke every fucking week. How have you not got this by now? What are you talking about? What's going on? Have the visitors been yet? <laughs> I'm Detective Scream. With me as always, sadly, is... <laughs> A very confused Mountie Michelle. Fucking... It's the same format every week. Same format every week. You're meant to go... Oh, because you said Muse. No, I didn't say Muse. Sorry, Mr. Muse. Could you leave, please, Jay? What up, moves? I'll be out of here then. I know I would have done something like that. Okay. Next time, yeah? Next time. I, I, I just thought you'd been doing this long enough. I could have trusted you with a joke by now. Obviously not. And joining us also, of course, is... Oh, Dottie Baker. I didn't know uh, who you were going to point to then. What's Dottie Bacon like? And then we introduce our special uh, guest for this week. She was mini Mountie number something or other. Yeah, she's on the list. Please welcome uh, Nicola Gosling. Hello. And that's the kind of scintillating <laughs> conversation you can expect <laughs> from her this week. <laughs> now we've thrown you in a bit of a deep end here because uh, we've started you on the second part of a two part. I mean, you, let's let's be honest here. You were around here, and we 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 had our episode record scheduled for this week, so we thought we'd we'd welcome you into it. Thank you. But it's on t- part two of two. But I did watch the review. Yeah, uh, yeah. The review. Well, no, that's the thing. You. The reviewers they call on that. I was going. Isn't it a recap? And it's like it says review review on the uh, on the disc. Is that a Canadian way of saying? Recap? recap. I'm guessing. Yeah, because it wasn't a preview. I mean, you do review what happened yeah. last week. It is. It would be an accurate term, just not one I'm familiar with. 
No, but I just read it off the screen and then you looked at me as if I was mad. Well, I usually look at you like that because there's usually a good reason. But that's not the point right now. So did you follow it okay, Nicola? Yes, I did. Well, just be conversation, just relax. She, she's gurning like anything, going, what, I don't know what to say, I don't know what to say, put the microphone near me. Did I watch half a programme okay? Yes, I did. What I'm saying is, that, well, it's part two of two. Did I'm I... wondering if you managed to glean what was going on from the second part. How, how did they do at encapsulating what happened in part one and part two? Well, I did wonder who the murderer was. Yeah, end. which we weren't We'd after a murderer, up. we were after a list. <laughs> I know. Because lest we forget from part one, they were following a list which was written in a matchbook which said smoking kills on the front, which we were following through. Throughout yeah, the so I think from watching the first episode, we kind of realised it didn't really matter who the murderer was that Well, no, no, Eddie was the murderer. Yeah. Eddie murdered, mur- murdered, 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 murdered the guy. Yeah, yeah the list so we know who the murderer is yeah but that wasn't the main focus it wasn't like let's get the ma- the man that murdered that no, but we know who murdered him we don't have to get him we know who it is I know, all i'm saying was that that wasn't the main theme it was like it was that it was those contacts on that max box matchbox oh dear well much money penny always the contacts on the matchbook <laughs> Uh, Sean Connery, go out of here. You don't even rhyme with Jews. Not that Michelle would realise if you did. Oh, shush. Let's move on. <laughs> so, Michelle, uh, I don't know which... What shall we start on this week? Shall we start on... Uh, let's go for what rum we're drinking this week. So yes. we've got two rums. Our guest very kindly brought in a rum, which we haven't drunk on the podcast before. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Nicola, what, what, what's the first rum we're drinking? We are drinking Bacardi. White rum, one of my favourites. Yeah, that's good. And we don't do white rum often. We, we don't. don't white rum at all in this podcast. No, no. It's always been the dark rums, but I'm enjoying this. It's nice. Sweet, sweet. So we're going for something like a bit different. I, I don't mind white rum. For me, it's a r- rare thing. I mean, I'm fine with white rum, but I prefer the dark rums. I think we tend to go for the spiced as well. If spiced we, we is good. Spiced dark rums is what we tend to go for. But every now and then, it's nice to shake it up a little bit. I'd say it's a bit different. Speaking of shake it up, if we're not going to go hog wild, and later on, during the record, oh, with bananas, we're going to open up which Michelle, which rum Michelle. Now, it's just like nothing homophobic or anything else, but if this isn't still funny to say, I don't know what world we're living in, what's the rum called? Mount Gay. And that's just for you, Kitty, if you're listening. <laughs> Kitty, uh, being my friend from the... Uh, what say you? Uh, what say you? No, not what say you. Sorry, the uh, We're Not Here to Please You podcast. I'm not familiar with that one. But he's on our mini mountain list, so, so you should be familiar with yep. him. Yep. Yep. So, Kitty, we're mounting a gay just for you. Anyway, uh, so, Michelle, that's the rums out of the way. Yes. What, what, what features do you want to go for next? Like a week, or shall we go for mini mountain club? I what think do you we reckon? Go for mini mountain club. Okay, then. smooth as that and i'm not editing it because i'm not gonna the whole point is where i'm gonna play in sound effect as we go so we don't have to do any bloody editing yeah i mean slight issue with mini mountain club this week oh well, what issue would that be i mean i can't imagine you would have done anything to to have hindered this feature i mean you know one job michelle one job michelle <clears throat> okay calm down breathe Okay. Well, no, no, okay, so you've done the job accurately, sorry, you're right, I should not pick on you, because of course, you won't have made any fuck-ups. 
So go, Michelle. I may not have the list on me today. So you fucked up. And also, my husband, I've been messaging him saying, can you look for the list? It will be in this area. And he didn't get back to me for hours. He got back to me about 20 minutes ago saying, do you still want that list? Yes. <laughs> can you look for it? Hasn't got back to me since. So we don't know what numbers we, we, we're giving we these people. We don't know what numbers, but there are people to add. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, listener. I, what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to read out some names. They're going to get some numbers later. I just... I, You see what I'm working with here. She can't even work out what words rhyme with what other words. When she says them. That you just threw me at the beginning. I didn't know what we were doing. I got a bit confused. We do the same thing every week. Every bloody time we do this. Anyway, let, let's go back to my other fuck up, the um, Mini Mountie list. Yep. Yeah, so what we'll do is we'll, we'll announce them this week and we'll probably have a little chat about them again next week so they get talked about twice. Well, so. we'll just quickly recap with their numbers. We'll talk about them this week. Yeah. yeah. So what are your inductees for this week? Because you actually have some for a change, which is nice. Yeah, see, I, I, I do listen to you. Occasionally. Sometimes. <laughs> Unless it comes to rhymes. <laughs> yeah, so I've got two lovely ladies that would like to join our list. Lovely ladies. <laughs> Smell them in the air. Oh, <laughs> Michelle, that's an unnecessary. Like, that's an unnecessary. They're friends of yours, I assume. So that's not a nice thing to say about them. They smell lovely. If they're listening, you smell lovely, ladies. Why are you smelling your friends? Something very <laughs> weird about this. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, Deborah and Vicky. That's who I'm adding. They're very happy to be on our list. Deb- Sorry, Deb. I will explain. Deborah Sewell. She is my sister-in-law. Oh, it's a family affair. It is a family affair. It's a family affair. And Vicky, her life partner. Oh, it's a lesbian affair. (laughs) They're very happy to be on Mini Mounties this week. Oh, that's sweet. Well, what's Vicky's surname? Well, I can't think off the top of my head. (laughs) Oh, so Vicky's just a piece of meat. (laughs) No. Of course not. I just can't think off the top of my head. And if well, I've been a slightly more organised tonight, I may have got her surname and the <laughs> Well, we welcome them both to Mini Mountie Club, and I've got an inductee, but it's a first for our Mini Mountie Club. Because this is actually not going to be an individual. It's going to be a brewery. A I'm brewery inducted. on our list is a Mini Mountie. Well, there, there was a brewery who... I think what well, they added me on Twitter... On our social media for uh, uh, G South by Southeast, so they added us, and it's uh, Stanley Park Brewing. And do you, do you want to make a note of this? Because you know you're gonna to have to transcribe these up later. Right, right, right. So uh, yes. Uh, for some reason, I'm not trusting you to listen to this again later. Carry on. I've stopped. So Stanley, Stanley Park Brewing. Park Brewing. In brackets, at Stanley Park Brew. Close brackets. And so I, of course, send them a cheeky message saying, uh, given that you're following me, do you uh, fancy, do you send up free... Oh, here's the tweet. Do you do free samples for UK podcasts that celebrate Canada? Question mark. Smiley face with a little wink. <laughs> Wish we could make that happen. Ah. I was I was taking that as a no. So I said, don't worry, I'll give you a shout out anyway. And thusly I am. And not only am I doing that, because we talked about them, they're in the Mini Mountie Club. Yeah. We've got a brewery in Stanley Park in Canada. I love the fact there was a brewery following us. <laughs> yeah, and it's a Canadian brewery. That's it's, awesome. I mean, how cool is that? Stanley That's Park. Awesome. Isn't Stanley Park a famous place in Canada, I believe? 
Yeah, I'm trying to look up the website as we're talking, but uh, given that you're not giving okay, me well, I'll tell you what, I'll give another little shout-out to yeah. Bacardi. Oh. But, you know, we're drinking their rum right now, and I will give them a shout-out because I emailed them about some free samples. And unfortunately, they can't send us any free samples, but they did send quite a jolly email back. And, and yeah, in their email, they were like, oh, your podcast, that sounds very exciting. You know, it was nice of them to get back to us. Not all of And these are the shout-outs we give for people who say no to us. Imagine if you're... <laughs> Rum or brewing company sent us some booze. How glowing we'd be about oh, them then. Oh, we would, we'd spend half an hour drinking your rum and celebrating you. Oh, Stanley Park Brewing Company is in Homer Street. Oh! Homer Street. <laughs> uh, Vancouver, BC. So, yeah. Nice. There you go. So, that's uh, Stanley Park Brewing and uh, Bacardi. And Bacardi. We're not entering them into Mini Motorcar, <laughs> but they haven't done that well. This is a Canadian brewing company who follow us, so I think they can. And, and Nicola, anyone you want to add to Mini Mouse Club? <laughs> Again, that's that's what she's adding Do this they week. Have to be participants. <laughs> I don't know who is it. I was going to just throw my daughter into the ring. Don't do that. That's not very respectful, throwing her into the ring. Yeah. I mean, add her to Mini Mountain Club, but don't throw her to the ring. I paid for her for 21 years. Fair enough. It's your day. Okay, yeah. Uh, d- 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 sorry, what's her, her name again? Danielle. Danielle uh, Gosling, yes. I assume. Yeah. Welcome to Mini Mountain Club. I, but do tell her. Do tell her she's been added. Okay. Like explain to her yeah, at least post fact. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we've done that before of adding people when we were early on in the list. We can we ha- hadn't contacted anyone, so we're like, oh, we'll add this person. We'll tell them later. It'll be fine. <laughs> so, so it has been. No one has objected. Yeah, it's consensual <laughs> after the fact. Is the uh, <laughs> sounds very wrong. Very wrong. <laughs> Starting to question our practices now in this. Uh, <laughs> Everyone will be assigned a number next time. Say so Michelle. What have you been up to this week? Ooh. The last couple of weeks since we mm. recorded. Well, something that I've done over the last couple of weeks, I have been rehearsing for a play. Oh, you Ooh. have? Oh, is this with a certain company we both used to be affiliated with? Yes. Blaggett. The Blaggett Theatre Company, Amateur Dramatics. Bit of fun. Panto in April. <laughs> well, of course. That's when all pantomimes are, yeah? All the best ones anyway. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we, it was always drifting a bit further away from Christmas, but April now? April, we're going for Easter. <laughs> yeah, and Easter, I suppose it's got the religious connotation which links in with Christmas? Well, yeah, no, I don't doesn't. know why April, but that's when it's going to be. So, uh, what are you playing? An old hag. No, what are you playing? Not what are you? <laughs> I know, like it was written for me, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, is it a midget as well? Because, you know, just typecast. No, no, that just helps. Yeah. yeah. And by midgets, we're not talking about dwarfs, we're talking about Michelle. <laughs> we would never insult the dwarf community, only Michelle. Just like to make that clear. And I'm very aware of that. Good. The Oompa Loompa herself. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's the play? Do you know what's the play? What's about? It's actually a pirate-themed play. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, so that's a good point. So I got another kind of tiny, tiny, tiny role where I am a pirate as well. But it's literally, I walk on the stage, I walk off and I die. So a very, very small part of that. I kind of like also the pirate theme. Kind of rum-themed, rum, yeah. Rum, I know. Can't get away from it, can I? Nice. Uh, well, for my, what have we been doing this week? Watching the curling mm. and watching the hockey from the Winter Olympics. Now, I historically don't give a shit about sports whatsoever. 
it's just not my kind of thing. I appreciate the majesty of seeing something live, but apart from that, not really my cup of tea. I've gone to our local football ground, and yes, it is football, not soccer for any Americans listening, and watched the Saints play at St. Mary's Stadium here in Southampton. It's cool, but yeah, it's not my thing. Yawn, yeah. But my God, watching curling, it's so gripping. As if Paul Gross in um, Men With Brooms hadn't already whetted our appetites. Mm. The other day, I watched uh, the UK versus Canada. I've watched a few matches, but I watched that one all all the way through, and it was one of the few matches they showed solidly. They didn't cut away at all. They just showed the whole thing. My word, was it amazing. It was spellbinding. And, uh, do you mind if I spoil the result? Oh, go on. We didn't win. But the thing was, first of all, the commentators, from the beginning, there was one commentator who came to the game and was like, hey, look, 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 look. It doesn't matter if we win or not. You know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't... Look, they're the Canadian team. We're not necessarily expected to win. Right? You know? <laughs> I was thinking, Jesus Christ, build us up a bit better than that. Like, no, it's fine. To, as long as we kind of give them a good match, it's okay to lose. It's like, it's he was already preparing. Yeah, really. <laughs> it's almost like he was dying on that tack. And when I watched it, though, Jesus Christ, I mean, basically for the first war frames, ends, sorry, four ends is the correct term, our team were pretty much asleep. <laughs> you know, they weren't doing great. They were playing some very mediocre curling. But my God, after that, they came alive. And they were giving Canada a real run for their money. They started like, uh, they got so it was down to one of the frames being a vital one near the end. If they'd won that, it would have been a draw. And then the last frame would have been crucial. They lost that one. So it was kind of, we lost by two two ends. Mm. But my sweet lord, like just to, if nothing else, can deserve to win at watching the, the, the match all the way through. But we really picked up and we really, yeah, made them work for it. There was even a frame at the, uh, an end at the end where it was um, basically there was no, Canada just wanted to smash all the stones out of the way. They weren't even trying to play for a win. They just, if they smash everything out of the zone where you score points then it's a draw and they win anyway. So it would have been mm. impossible for the UK to win. And the UK still managed to make it a contest. They managed to put the stones in such a place where they couldn't be completely knocked out, which was pretty much impossible to do. And they still made a run for money. Yeah, Canada did win and they deserved to, but we gave them a challenge. And that was just so gratifying because, like, Canada are the gold standard mm. of curling. Like, apparently it was originally done in Scotland, which I only found out watching the uh, coverage. Uh, but wasn't that something that we heard about? Um, there was these um, Scottish things that kept appearing in Broom Men, like the yeah, man with the bagpipes. There was. And then we spoke to Johnny White Trash. But Did we didn't hear that. Johnny didn't know about the oh. fact that curling was Scottish. Because I told him, I he goes, like Oh, we I didn't heard know that. Somewhere, but maybe, maybe I've just made that up. I don't think we had at that stage, but we did comment on all the Scottish mm. references within, within the, the, that movie. And I think probably that. Maybe that was a little nod to the fact that curling started in Scotland. Maybe that's something to do with the link between Yeah, because it, it was and very Scotland. bizarre watching this very, very Canadian film and all of a sudden there'd be this man in, in, a, in a... I mean, Johnny did, Johnny did say <laughs> that apparently like Scotland and Canada have a lot of links. They celebrate yeah. Scottish culture in Canada somewhat in mm-hmm. certain, certain quarters. But yeah, to know that Canning started, uh, yeah, over here in the UK is pretty cool. Good but, old um, but certainly it's it's Canada sport now. <laughs> yeah. But I was like thinking, it's like, 
It's coming home. It's coming. <laughs> Caroling's coming home. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. Much like football, it's not coming home. I've been. Good. I mean, I haven't watched as much curling as you, but it's it's been good to catch up with it because watching the film Broom Men, I never fully understood what was going on. Men with brooms. <laughs> what did I say? Broom men. Broom men. Oh, sorry. Men with brooms. Just say. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Yeah, never fully understood the game, so actually getting to watch it, you know, properly in a proper tournament, it, it made a bit more sense to me. Yes. So, so now when I rewatch Member Brooms, which we will, and we will, yeah, I, I think it's going to help. Yeah, and it, it has been really enjoyable. It's actually a really good sport with a lot of skill involved. The genius of it is, it's very simple to learn the idea of it, but it's very hard to master it and mm. to to learn the nuances of how it's played. Takes watching a bit of it, but you can pick up what's going on very easily to be able to watch it and it'd be an enjoyable game but the more you watch the more you go ah so you don't go towards the centre straight away because they'll just knock they'll that just knock you out, right out it? but if you go a bit ahead of the centre centre, they've either got knocked yours out of the way try and curl around it or you know whatever else the weighing of the stones aren't all the same it's 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 fascinating the kind of like rules of, of the game it's great mm. so we're curling fans now yes Cool. Uh, and hockey was also cool, but I, I haven't watched as much of that, so maybe we'll talk about that next time. Because the Winter Olympics, as we record now, are still going on. Yes. So, maybe Michelle. A bit, maybe a bit of figure skating as well, eh? No. Because <laughs> <laughs> no one gives a shit about the skating. <laughs> okay, some people do. I don't. I'm sorry. I, just, I, <laughs> I can't bring myself. Like skiing or skiing. Unless the skate skaters have got a hockey stick in their hand, I don't. Give a flank yep. So Michelle, which uh, episode were we watching this week of Due South? We're watching the second part of the Chicago Holiday. The Chicago Holiday? It's just called Chicago Holiday. Has it earned a the suddenly? I've just added the the. So Chicago Holiday Part 2, which uh, my IMDB gives a plot synopsis of, if I can find the plot synopsis because on my iPad it puts a plot synopsis somewhere else. Where is it? Oh, it hasn't added a plot to this one. Oh, there is no plot. Apparently not. Well, basically, uh, it's part two of the shit we watched last week, which was cool. Shit, don't call it shit. The cool shit. The good shit. The good shit? All right, I'll go with the good shit. Yeah. it was No, it's awesome. It's great, but it's part two of what we were watching last week, Mm. where uh, Benny is meant to be looking after the daughter of a Canadian consulate Mm. uh, ambassador. Ambassador, yeah. Yeah. And she's a wild oh, child who goes wild and crazy. She's 15, she? which we have to keep on <laughs> reminding. Well, we want to remind some of the characters in this. Yeah. But she goes off on these wacky adventures and there's a matchbook which is going around which has the names of some contacts for a mobster in Chicago. And we follow that matchbook going around the city of Chicago because it gets lost and it gets goes from one person to another in a very cool way. Mm. And uh, ends up intertwining into the story here and there yes and so we ended the first one where the girls got on the on the bus and it was the bus that said was it london piccadilly which we talked about in the last um yes so she's on that bus and she gets off and she goes into like a a big shop or like a department store or shopping center or something yeah department store mall mall department store yeah um the first thing i actually noted (laughs) Um, about that is you know Benny follows her in and 
and he goes up to one of the counters and he's like, I'm looking for something for my wolf. And you well, like, well, well, what he does is, to, to give her a get-out, because she's gone in there and she's thinking about shoplifting, because she's seen mm. two other girls who are shoplifting, and Benny gives her a nice little speech and goes like, uh, well, I think that security guard's interested in what those girls are doing, so uh, they probably decided the price is too high. She's going, will you come tell me what to do? And goes, no, I wouldn't dare. But uh, maybe you want to think about it. I'm just going to go over there and maybe find something for Ethan Baker. Yeah. Bras. <laughs> yeah. He accidentally goes into the bra. Okay. <laughs> he obviously hasn't looked at where he's going. He's just walked up to a counter and says, I'm looking for my wolf. Looks down and there's these lacy bras. <laughs> and Dottie Baker has not since... Stop going on at me, going, why does Stephen Baker break a bra? He's a boy wolf, I'm a girl dog, where do I get my bra? But do you know what, we don't even see Stephen Baker in this episode. Very disappointing. I keep going to Dottie. Sorry, you've got a harness. That's good enough. <laughs> no, there, there's there no Stephen no Baker. There's no Baker in this. So the Stephen Baker moment's going to be an interesting one later. It's going to have to be the bras, isn't it? The fact that <laughs> Okay, yeah, let's just do it now. Let's do it now. <laughs> We sometimes do this with the Stephen Baker moment. We're going to call it now. It's the bras. <laughs> the fact Sorry, that uh, no, no, the, the fact that um, Benny was going to pick out a bra for Stephen Baker has to be the Stephen Baker moment. Stephen Baker doesn't have to be there for that to be a perfect Stephen Baker moment. Yeah. So I'm assuming from this, the actual um, woman behind the counter. This is what I thought. Thought he said wife and not wolf. But that was my. But she yeah, didn't I mean, say I it. See you, yeah, because otherwise you'd be like, "Are you sure your wolf wants a bra?" Yeah, she must have been like, "Oh, I must have heard that wrong. He must have said wife." That's what <laughs> or I maybe was maybe she just thought it's like, uh, oh, "Oh, maybe this for your <laughs> wolf." <laughs> maybe she thinks wolf is some sort of metaphor or code for something. Yeah. My wolf. My wolf. Oh, that's what I call my wife. <laughs> my wolf in the sheets, if you know what I mean. <laughs> She's an animal. Yeah, exactly. Uh, maybe she thinks that he's talking code. Yeah. But I like that. Yeah, maybe she, yeah, maybe she just assumed that. Why are you doing shrugging? You can say words. <laughs> Sick. I mean, geez, usually I can't shut you up, but now like there's a microphone here. You just need a constant microphone then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also in that department store, there is a security guard. Yeah, which I which mentioned. Before, mentioned. Yeah. And you noticed on the name badge MacGuffin again. And I MacGuffin. No, it doesn't say MacGuffin again. It says MC. Guffin. Guffin. MC Guffin. Guffin. Yeah. Which I noticed it there, and then I looked it up on IMDb. Apparently there are three references between these two parts to MacGuffin peppered in. So in mm. the first part, we saw on IMDb, it said on a on an in-out board in the janitor's uh, quarters, mm. it had MacGuff was his name, and it had and then, and he, he slid the board to in MacGuffin. Yeah. Which, if anyone hasn't listened to part one or doesn't remember, MacGuffin is something which is a little plot device which helps move a story forward. It's the MacGuffin. It's the little thing that, yeah. So this box matches. It's the MacGuffin. So when it appears, someone named MacGuffin appears. Mm. So you've got this store store uh, guy. And I think he was MC, MC Guffin, Guffin. I think, yeah. And then you've got Mrs. MacGuffin is the maid who was in yeah. part one. I didn't see a name badge in this part, but it obviously must pop yeah. up somewhere, either in part one or part two. Mm. But that's yeah. really nice. I like I like a running joke that you have to really be paying attention. Do you even notice it once, let alone the three times that it's in there? Yeah. 
But it was really nice because, you know, you noticed um, the name badge just as he was putting the box of matches just in his top pocket. And it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's really nicely laid, it isn't it? It is nicely yeah. done. And then we, once they get back to the hotel again, we see the maid, MacGuffin. Yeah, Miss McGuffin. Ma- maid, Mrs. McGuffin. Maid, Mrs. McGuffin. Maid, Mrs. McGuffin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe they're related. Well, I think Paul Haggis made Mrs. McGuffin. As in create the character, not had sex with her, Michelle. Ah, uh, that's, that's a bit of a gross thought. And a very 50s uh, use of the term maid. Yes. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just going to sip my drink now. That's always, always good for a podcast. Uh, Pendulette, uh, Pentelephane came up with Jake because uh, uh, Alison Hannigan now uh, does the presenting duties on uh, Full Russ, which was originally done in the UK with Jonathan Ross as the host. And he transferred over to the American one, but he, he had to, he couldn't do the last couple of series, so they got Alison Hannigan in. And uh, uh, Penn wants to do this joke, which didn't end up going into the show. He goes, uh, he wanted to like revive that 50s made or make context of the word and uh he's going uh, forget make america great again i want to make american Amer- um, alison han again oh. uh which i would, would help if i'd said it correctly yeah which i didn't you didn't there we go okay we... i may have started drinking before the podcast today <laughs> it doesn't show ian it doesn't show oh it's, it's squeed not ian okay squeed me sorry squeed Detective so, to you. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Mountie to you. Yeah. Mountie to you. And Double down mass on you. Bit of a Star Trek joke there. Anyway. There was a Juice South episode, you know. What? Yeah, yeah, we watched it. <laughs> Let's get back to it. Yeah, shall we? <laughs> What's the next note? The next note. So, in this department store... This poor little girl, this little runaway girl, she almost dies because the baddie, still looking for the baddie. It's like I'm talking to my kids now, the baddie. Oh, the baddie. <laughs> the baddie. It's fine. I use that all the time, it's fine. Still trying to get this um this little box of matches. He pretty much throws this girl off the the side of this um big balcony thing, doesn't he? In, in the department Oh yeah, store. yeah, the depiction of uh, the way they treat women I, I sort of like the fact that they do make that realistic. Like, so I wonder in some Mon shows if you, like, show domestic violence like that. I, I don't know. I would hope you still could. I suppose in some of the crime dramas and stuff, they still would. Mm. But I think it's realistic that they show, like, unfortunately these horrible things happen. And unfortunately women are often at the receiving end of it. So I think it is important to show these things, even if they're very distasteful. Even in a light-hearted show like Due South, and the way they showed it was very, you know, you didn't see anything too violent. Mm-hmm. But it was certainly there as an element. I thought it was good. I, I think that's why I like Due South, is because even though it can be even slapstick in moments, it still feels like a real-world situation in others. Mm. Yeah, but she, this poor girl, she's dangling off this this balcony and has to be saved by Benny. But then they head back to the hotel. The matches follow them back to the hotel. But there's also this horrible moment where he's hiding in the wardrobe 
of this girl's hotel room and she opens up the wardrobe and she's getting changed and he's in oh yeah yeah yeah. you've got the eddie the isn't eddie Eddie, i think it's eddie yeah the creepy gangster guy and yeah he hides in a 15 let's lest we forget 15 year old girl's wardrobe Mm. ew Mm -hmm. (laughs) in fact does she just turn 15 or just turn 16 not that either makes okay but i think she might have just turned 16 but either way Gross! <laughs> like this grown man hiding in a 16 year old's. Yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah. And she's getting changed. It's- I'm kind of glad they didn't play that element too much. Like he wasn't there. She's getting changed. I, I, the way they depicted he was away from. Like it wasn't like he was perving on her, which it was still gross if you think about it. But I'm glad they didn't play, play that angle. Because <laughs> after that taxi driver in part one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Creepy guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there was another scene which was really nice uh, that was they go back to the bondage club because they want to get some information on you know they, they've got a picture of a woman they want to find and they go back to the bondage club to try and identify that's so weird Michelle that you said I want to visit that place <laughs> I knew I wanted to go to Chicago but jeez <laughs> Ian you agreed with me you were like yeah I want to come too I'm going to come we're all going Maybe use a different <laughs> choice of language oh, there. Let's go. <laughs> I want to go. Let's go with I want to go. Yeah. <laughs> I was keeping with the theme. Just saying. <laughs> this is a family podcast where we just use the word fuck pretty liberally. <laughs> we've got some standards. They're very low, but we've got them there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, especially when Johnny's on, we lower them quite considerably, but we've got some. <laughs> so, uh, do you think we got a clip from that? I think we have a clip. Okay, well, maybe we're going to play that right now, then. You're all grown-ups here, and you know how this works. We can either do this the easy way, or we can do it the hard way. The hard way. Do it the hard way. Shut up. No, I don't want to drag everybody downtown. I don't want to have to get rough. Get rough. Get rough. Will you stop that? I'd like to see him try that with me. I said shut up. He's all talk and no action. Look, I'm not going to warn you again. See? Talk, 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 talk. It's pathetic. All right, Miss Nogai, you and me outside. Touch me and I sue you blind. Call your attorney. I am an attorney. Half the people here are attorneys. I'm a dentist. Oh, yeah, big surprise. Right, right. Can I have a word with you? I think you'll find that is classic Benny Ray. Like, yeah, he, he's always wanted going in hard ass. Mm. And uh, Benny's always like, let's just try and be nice. These people will sort it all out. And you've got, like, uh, and of course, the, the comedy gimp guy. <laughs> I think he pretty much is. Well, he's dressed in leathers. He isn't a gimp. but yeah, not uh, a gimp outfit, but, yeah, we'd like to see him in that. Yeah. 
Uh, well, he wouldn't. Uh, <laughs> the hard way, please, the hard way. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> and I think what I like about it is it does get comedy out of the situation as it does out anywhere they go. But it doesn't kink shame. I think this is very yeah. respectful to that community. Yeah. They show him as real people. The bartender even says it himself. Yeah, he does. You know, people are people, even if they're dressed in leather. Yeah, and, you know... Rubber. <laughs> and even the guy says, you know, um, you know, half of us here are attorneys. They're just normal people, normal jobs. Yeah. But having a bit of fun at the weekends, why not? Yeah, I like that. I, I do honestly think that Juso... And I don't think they have to think to do this. They just naturally are very accepting of people. It's like, mm. it's about the goodness within people, not what they choose to do with their time. Like if they choose to go to kinky clubs or if they choose to be a, a, a mountie, a cop. If they, uh, you know, it's, it's people can be a bit weird and a bit out there. And that's cool by this show. Mm. Yeah, no, I thought it was quite funny with Ray. You know, Ray, he's very, he's being very hard ass in the scene. He's really going in there, all kind of all guns blazing shouting being hard and then they're just hey look we don't need to hear about how hard he's being <laughs> and they're just they're just bringing it right back Funny down aren't they, with their with their funny comments which really lightens up the scene and makes it nice but before they go in there and and ray's saying that he wants to go back to this club again he's like you know we have to uphold the morals i'm thinking ray needs to uphold the morals ray at the start of due self, his morals were a little bit shaky, weren't they? Yeah, I mean, usually what he's doing is trying to... Like, yeah, in that first episode, he's trying to pretend to be an Armani uh, salesman or something. Yeah, he's actually behind bars, isn't he? The the first episode, yeah. he's, he's behind bars. Yeah, and he's... He's tra- trying to entrap people. Entrap people. <laughs> yeah. His morals are a bit shaky as a police officer. Yeah. So it's funny that he then looks at other people and judges them for their morals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But maybe that's that's Fraser rubbing off on him. Not rubbing off him oh. like that, Michelle. Keith. Michelle, I know. Who's lowering the tone now? Well, exactly, Michelle. Stop doing it. Well, they are in the club, I suppose, aren't they? When in Rome. Goes, that's it. Yeah. When in Rome, exactly. Cubbies in the club, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> then I made another um, a note, and I can't entirely read my writing. Oh, that's always good. So, <laughs> professional podcast here. Trying to get sponsorship from rum companies. You're going to listen to this go, uh, no. <laughs> Look, if we ever go professional, I'm, I'm going to struggle. I'm going to say we're just, I'm going to struggle. <laughs> we're already struggling at this level. so <laughs> I know. So the girl, then, I mean, they've taken the girl back to the bondage club. By the way, we're this unprofessional because we're drunk on delicious rum, <laughs> which we love, and we will promote the crap out of any rum who sponsors us. you want to keep us drunk on rum. <laughs> yeah. If you want to, if you want to, if you want it to be your rum we're drunk on, sponsor <laughs> us today. Please. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we say one rum a, a, a week, but if you sponsor us, like, we'll do a couple of weeks running. That's fine. Yeah. We don't mind. <laughs> we'll sell out very cheap. <laughs> Anyways. So they've got the girl back in the bondage club, but they handcuff her to the bar. It doesn't make it sound any worse. <laughs> doesn't it? They've handcuffed a 15-year-old girl in a bondage club. <laughs> and she was handcuffed in that clip there. That, yeah, what yeah. was going on that with that bit, because it could get a bit confusing, was basically, yeah, she's handcuffed to the bar. The woman's got a key around her necklace, which opens up handcuffs. And Always handy the girl's got a necklace around her neck, which is, I think it's assumed that she did end up... Swapping, yeah. 
Oh, I thought... I, no, no. But that she did steal from the department oh, from store earlier, yeah. after all. Because mm. when she sees the other girls getting away with it, I think she nicks it. Mm. Or something along those lines. Yeah, so she, you, you know, she swaps clothes. Why they swap everything, I'm not entirely sure. You'd think they'd just maybe swap a couple of things and she'd do a runner. They swapped yeah, the they, entire outfit yeah, they could swap, in the bar. They could have just swapped the tops <laughs> and the wig and that's it. Like, you don't need to swap stilettos. They swap dresses, everything. You're thinking, how did they even do that? But anyway, they did. Yeah, so basically you've got a... Oh, no, this gets worse. You've got a 15-year-old stripping in a bondage club now. So she stripped in front of a guy in a wardrobe. And now she's stripping in front in of... In a bondage club. Yeah. <laughs> she's oh, it's not that girl. Yeah. In fairness, I don't think the writers thought any of that through. I don't think they're being bad. They just didn't... Yeah, anyway. This is just our terrible interpretation of it. Uh, maybe they went into the toilets and did it. I don't know. But anyway, the girl does a runner and this other woman handcuffs herself to the bar instead. Um, and then, yeah, so what I've written is... So you wanted me to make a note of Benton turning into... Droopy? Droopy. Droopy. Well, the thing is, it's when they go outside the club, and we're going to play a clip in a second. Mm. Uh, basically, the girl runs outside the club, and just after that, Benton looks over and sees that it's the other woman dressed up as the girl at the end of the bar. So he suddenly appears at the end of the club. While she's running down the side of it, he goes out the back entrance. So he's standing there waiting when she comes out. So it's like Droopy in those cartoons where he's everywhere. Like, you know... <laughs> They go all the way across the world, open the door to this remote shack, and then Drew was saying, they go, hello there. <laughs> it's very much like that. So let's uh, play another clip. Mm. You know, I ran away once when I was your age. Tell me how. No, did. In my case, it was different. I thought I'd done something that no one could forgive. It didn't take long for my father to find me. But, you know, instead of lecturing me, he offered me some food and some money. He said I could keep running if I wanted to, but then I would always feel ashamed. On the other hand, if I went back and faced the consequences, I would be a man, and everyone would know it without me having to tell them. So what happened? Oh, I took the money and ran. <laughs> no, I went back. But it wasn't easy. Of course, my situation was different from yours. I was running away from my problems, not at all like you. What were you running away from? It was a very tortured scenario. It involved a, a gold mine, a boomerang, and a tank full of gasoline. It's all ancient history, though. I want to know what the shenanigans were. Was that uh, that Ray was that Ray that Ray. Benny was uh, running away from? Mm, yeah, it, it sounds rather interesting. You should have elaborated. <laughs> it's one of those great little throwaway lines, which does make you want to know. Yeah. But I kind of I love the way Benny often like either leaves it up to the person he'll tell these one of these stories, mm. but he'll leave it up to them to do the right thing or not. It's like I can't make you do the right thing. I'm just going to point you in the right direction. And even to the point where they're talking about um, where he goes, like, oh, um, but I was running away from my problems, not like you at all. And he's <laughs> saying that generally, he's not being a dick about it, but it's like, not like you at all. Because, of course, that's not what you're doing. We've all established that that's not what you're doing. Whereas, of course, he knows that's what she's doing. Mm. And she does as well. Yeah. Oh, and he is sweetie. Well, yeah, that was, that was <laughs> my point. 
Ain't he a sweetie? Ain't he a sweetie? No. <laughs> Next note, Michelle. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. a good idea. Just look at me blankly when I say that. So they head back to the hotel. No, they don't. I'm making that up. They ended up going to... Stop laughing at me. They ended up going to the apartment. Yes. Because they're, you know, they're looking for this woman. They're managing to track her down. They go to her apartment uh, where there has been a bit of a scuffle. Well, again, it's another one of these moments where it's like a bit of domestic violence, but it's handled very nicely to, mm. to include it, to show the realism of that kind of situation, but without being overdone. Mm. Yeah, so they go into the apartment. It's obviously a bit of a mess. They're smashed, like, wine bottles. It's obvious something has happened there. The girl, she's told, stay there, don't move. Knowing this girl, she doesn't do that. Uh, yeah, and given her track record, they don't think, <laughs> let's keep an eye on her. Well, they, <laughs> tried, just they tried handcuffing her before, and that didn't work, did it? Well, that's true enough. <laughs> yeah, what else can you do? Um, well, there's, there's three of them there. Maybe they, they both stay together. Maybe keep her with you. Yeah, that might have worked. Yeah. <laughs> Would it have moved the story along, though? <laughs> no, it wouldn't have. So she spots this stiletto um, on the stairs, and she's like, oh, nice shoe. Yeah. <laughs> and she picks up the shoe, she keeps walking up the stairs, whereas we can see that is where the baddie's gone. He's dragged the woman up there. They're yep. up on the roof, so we know she's heading up to trouble. But there was also a nice little bit that you picked up on. This was a genius. This is one of those moments where usually they give it to Benny to save the day and figure out what's going on. But uh, Ray does a nice, it's a subtle little bit of detective work, but it's just just genius and it moves the plot along. (gasps) Where he sees a fish in a very small amount of water in a smashed bowl. So you've got a little shard of bowl left, which has just got enough water for the fish to be in it. Mm. And he said, um, yeah, how long can a fish survive in that amount of water? And so that kicks Benny off saying, it's like, well, they must, this must have just happened. They must be still here. Yeah. It's brilliant. It's, it's lovely, very well done, and uh, I, I hope they saved the fish. Oh, I hope so. We didn't see what happened to the we fish. Didn't, we didn't see the fate of the fish. No. Which is a problem for me. But apart from that, yeah. it was a nice bit of detective work. Yeah. It's nice to be reminded that... Because you can play on Ray being a bit foolish sometimes and a bit over the top. And, you know, maybe not taking things seriously, as seriously as Benny does. Mm. Uh, but you can't, if you don't show him ever being a clever detective, you haven't got a really rounded character. There's no reason why he would still be a cop. Mm. Even with Huey and Dewey, they show them sometimes doing something right. Uh, they, they, show, they show that there's a reason why they're cops. Mm. I think that's why this yeah, show is really genius. This is one of those moments. It was really yeah. nice. And it made a change. Which was, it did, it did. Normally it's Benny licking or sniffing something and everyone's going, ah! <laughs> but it moves the plot along. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so this was nice. But then, you know, this poor girl, she realises she's upstairs, the baddie's there, the girl's there. And then she thinks that she's killed the guy. She thinks that she's fired a shot, has killed the guy. Yes. But that Ooh. is not what's happened. The woman has actually stabbed him in the back. And this is bothering me, actually. Okay. Because she never finds out that she didn't shoot him. No, I don't think she does. So does she then just go on the rest of her life thinking she's killed someone? Well, I assume at some point, which we don't see, because <laughs> there is at least one cutaway mm. during it, 
maybe it's revealed to her that she didn't kill. But yeah, no, that's a good point. We never see her being told that she didn't kill the bad guy. Yeah, because obviously she completely freaks out when this woman says to her, you've shot him, he's dead. Blah, yeah. Blah. And she's like, ah! Well, the main thing she plays on, though, is that uh, the cops will hunt you mm. for the rest of your life for this. You're in big trouble. So maybe at least by being taken in by the police, she realises that she's not going to be in trouble for it. Mm. I think any girl that picks a pair of stilettos <laughs> knowing she's going to be running about town and running away from people probably ain't going to realise that she yeah. hasn't killed someone surely she should be picking up a pair of trainers she's run through the whole episode <laughs> she has though she's run through the whole episode and I'd be thinking yeah. I'm going to pick some trainers up and then I don't have to fall over or try and walk in them I'm genuinely glad that I, I'm not it's not me and another guy watching this because we've been going, no, it seems logical. So <laughs> yeah. You're going, so why is she running? You, you're you're both going, why the hell are you running in stilettos? I'm going, yeah, that's a really good point, actually. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, I'm so glad I invited you. <laughs> Let's not go that far. <laughs> that's the practical mum side of things. Why would you walk in silly shoes? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. There you go. I'm running for my life. What shoes shall I wear? Well, yeah. Really high stilettos. Well, it goes back to your point of like, why did they have to change in the entire outfit? They could have just, she could have just kept her shoes. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that was really bothering me at the end because I thought there'd be a point where she'd find out and I was like, no, she never did. But yeah, she seemed quite happy at the end and you kind of think, that would that would play on my mind. <laughs> yeah. I feel so, meh. Oh, there's that cute guy. <laughs> All forgotten. Yeah. <laughs> Have we also got to the bit with the case of Rasa mean, Yeah, we were just about to get to that, actually. Yeah, so I was just about to mention that. So as she is running away, um, so she's running down the street and you see this other woman, and clearly this woman's got some issues, and they start playing the song the case song, you know you know what will yeah. I be when I grow up and they're showing these you know this 15 year old girl she thinks she's just murdered someone and she's running down the street you've got this other woman who's clearly she's been hanging out with the wrong people she's got in the wrong crowds and she's now just stabbed a guy her boyfriend yeah. in the back and he's dead and you look at these women and think oh you know when you were little, would you, what do you think you're going to be when you grow up? It wouldn't be this. And it's the nice thing about it is, like in part one, and not only do they play pretty much the entirety of Case Rasa, mm. they've got another song just after that which gets played. And it's that thing of the fact there's a two-parter. They haven't wasted any time, but they are prepared to spend three minutes on an entire song just to have a nice moment in this episode. Like, but it never, it it doesn't feel slow. It feels like it's justified to have that that slower moment, that moment where you do see a bit of a montage almost mm. to to carry the episode along. It's really sweet. So a show which is usually very kinetic and very kind of quick paced and like you know you can have these very one moment to another uh, episodes of Juice South. It's really nice when they just slow it down a bit and just n- enjoy the moment. Mm. And I, I really admire that about this two-parter because a lot of other shows, if you have a song, a, ho- a whole song put in it, it would seem like they're padding the episode out. Like this really could have been done in one episode where it's a two-parter. This just feels right. And the music's always like, we all, always get back to this idea that the music is almost another character in New South. They mm. always have really great tracks in there. They always mean a lot. Even the incidental music, like in that last clip we played, there's a bit which is played quite often when Benny's talking. I think it's a bit of a theme for him. 
when he has a sweet moment, it's like... Dun, 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 dun. It's like got echoes of the theme tune. Mm. And it's just... It's it's very sweet. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. But yeah, and I think that this song just kind of really made you think about those two characters as well. It wasn't wasted at all. It wasn't wasted time. It, it was really nicely done. It was great. Uh, and then... She ends up in a taxi again. <laughs> yeah, she does, with creepy taxi driver. The same taxi driver from the first yeah. episode. And at first he turns around and he's like, oh, hello again. Yeah. <laughs> and then he, he, I think he spots Benny, doesn't he? He's like, oh, no, not again. <laughs> yeah. And then the other taxi driver from the first part, who had Benny in his car, sees and goes, oh, hell no, and just drives <laughs> <Yeah>. off. <laughs> It's pretty nice, yeah. He's getting a bad rep for these taxi drivers. It's a nice call, but never get a taxi again. Yeah. But yeah, again, that, that's um, a really nice bit. And then you wanted me to make a note about Benny remembering tissues. They end up yeah, in well, race this is car, a nice bit they? of procedural work. So they're in a race car, and then there's a box of tissues on the dashboard. And that triggers in Benny. It's like, well, I remember when we saw a bag before, and there was a moment where he'd seen the bag. Where she wiped her lipstick and like uh, there was no tissues in the bag. It's such a small moment, but to lay that down and then to um, have that on, have that brought back later. Yeah. It, again, it's it's just to lay down that track, and it's probably a thing that they thought of later. That oh, because we need him to remember that we should lay that in earlier that he sees that. Mm-hmm. But I think it's so well done. Michelle, just I'm open the bottle of rum. So just open the bottle of rum for God's sake. You're trying to be quiet, opening I'm trying bottle of rum. Just quiet, but I'm feeling gay. Let's get gay. <laughs> let's let's mount gay right now. Well, I thought we, you know, we're we're really getting through this, and we're going to get through the whole thing without having the two rums that we've spoken about. Well, that would be sacrilege. We have to get through the the rum. Oh, I better know. Yeah, yeah, Nicola, just just finish your rum off so you can have some. Come on, Come on you're part of this recording. If you don't. Drink along with us. I don't know I think if my like, measures are getting a we bit can counter that we had two rums. Well, that's so unlike one of our records that as we keep going, the measures of rum get bigger. Yeah, um, running out of hands and room and thank you. <laughs> I mean, there's lots of professional podcasts which always get slowed down to pour rum. I mean, I think... <laughs> It's an essential part of a podcast, surely. It is. Jesus um, Christ. I... Is that going to be 50-50? Almost. No. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. Squee, I'm not trying to get you drunk. Yeah. <laughs> this podcast lasts another 20 minutes. You might hear me just losing just losing my... Uh, <laughs> well, I was going to say vowel sounds. Like that. That, was a, that was great. It was great. It was, uh, it's great. Oh, we are. What's the next note? Give me the next note. I'll just vamp oh, on it. All right. Well, hold on. I can't, I can't read important. I'm trying to do this so I don't have to edit this, this mofo. Uh, well, my next note is is about the shafts. So they figure out. Shaft. They get about shafted. The yeah, Ray gets the shaft. Well, they both get the shaft. <laughs> well, I mean. Ray gets shafted more than Benny, but. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, they get this. There's this idea that um, a classic Benny moment. It's like, uh, how are we going to get downstairs to the uh, incinerator in time, where they know that the girl and the woman are like they're, they're, the 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 yeah. guy is dead by the stage. So it's the um, well, yeah, as you say, she thinks she's killed her him. Mm-hmm. But the woman and the girl are downstairs in the basement in the incinerator. The, the, the matches. Yep. 
and uh, the woman believes that the girl's still got the matchbox, but secretly, like, well, not so secretly, she hasn't. She's never pretended she did. No. So they end up in the cinema room, and then Benny decides to go down the uh, laundry chute to get the... Uh, uh, to get to them. He flies down, like, puts his elbows out to slow his descent... And Ray's going, oh, I'm not doing... Oh, you lead back up. Oh, damn it. You're, you're the most in, uh, infuriating man alive. Jumps in. And, <laughs> and as he's jumping in, there's a guy who's loading a box into the uh, uh, into the uh, laundry chute. Into the shaft. Oh, we're calling <laughs> it a shaft. We've got a shaft. And he gets in, in just in time for when Ray's coming down and he gets blocked there. <laughs> and so you've got these lovely comedy moments of him trying to push it through. Meanwhile, mm. Benny comes through and he's got a very action-y scene. And it's sort of interspersed with these little comedy moments with Ray. It's very nicely yes. done. Well, I think you've actually got a clip from when they come down the once. Well, I'm guessing it's once they're both down the shaft. Okay, well let's let's enter the shaft. <laughs> I want to know where they are. Well, you're really talking to the wrong person. You hear that, little girl? Your little red friend here is dead. She doesn't know where they are either. I have no further use for you. You can't hurt him. Run. No. Come here. I said run. You told me to stop running. Yes, but I was talking about running away from the problems with your father. This is about running away from someone who quite probably will shoot you. That's an entirely different thing. I did this. This is my problem and I'm not running. I'm gonna die, kid. You can't shoot her. Watch me. Oh, that's a 9mm Beretta. It carries a 15-round clip. You've already shot 14 times. Well... No, you have, honestly. Follow this through. One, two, six in the incinerator, seven in the corridors, one just... All right, all right. Now, what this basically means is that you have one bullet left and that you're defenseless. Now, I don't think you can afford to use it on her, so she's going to walk away now. No, I'm not. Have you ever said something that you truly regretted? I can't leave you here. I'll trade you for him. Yeah, I really love the moment. It's uh, it's the classic kind of payoff as well. So Benny has been working with someone in this case the the fifteen year old girl throughout the two parter, trying to show her a better way of being, trying to show her like just choosing the right thing is its own reward and everything. And she gets it here at the end of the two parter possibly at the wrong moment for what Benny wants because she wants he wants to keep her safe but she's doing the right thing because she met Benny mm. that's just the effect that he has on people look what he's done to Ray it's lovely it's the I, Benny effect it is I, I, it's it's a classic payoff uh, and uh, there's also the uh, it's almost like uh, Clint Eastwood like I guess you're wondering if I shot <laughs> five shots or six do you feel lucky punk well, do you? Yeah. <laughs> Only Simon, I've lost count myself. <laughs> but of course, Benny hasn't. He's counting up how many shots she's done. Again, it's classic Benny. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's really nice. It's, it's the perfect conclusion to this. And again, it goes over to the person who Benny's shown the way to. And it kind of reinforces that thing of uh, he can't change you. You have to change you. He can only give you the guidance mm. he can only show you the right path it's up to you whether or not you take it 
you know, and as we know of her, she's always told what to do, where to go, and she rebels against that all the time. And there he is giving her the decision. You make the decision, you know. I mean, she's like, what shall I do? It's up to you. You want to eat it? Eat it. You know, and he's... Another thing which is classic uh, due south is when, because of something Benny's done usually, Ray ends up in a a bit of a pickle of a situation, so he ends up finally coming through the chute because the box has gone through, mm. landing there right as everything's going tits up, quite frankly, uh, and ends up causing distraction, which allows Benny to, to save the day. And Benny goes, it's like, uh, excellent delay, delaying of arrival for maximum yeah, impact like or something like that, you know, <laughs> like as if it was all planned, it. yeah. It's like with the car episode where he goes, uh, well, no, I figured that if you took the Camaro, it would travel at so many miles per hour and then you'd arrive exactly at the moment. I didn't take the Camaro, I took the other car. Huh. Oh. <laughs> well, right, if you're going to change the plan like that, I wish you'd let me know. Whereas, of course, there wasn't any agreed plan. It's it's the same thing. This was just what happened and Benny's acting as if that was all part of the plan. And probably in his head it maybe, is. Yeah, maybe <laughs> that's just what he's assuming. Ah, yes, Ray obviously heard the commotion and stayed in the shop. Yeah, exactly. Somehow yeah. magically stayed in there. <laughs> And the one thing which doesn't make sense to me about the conclusion is uh, Ray then ends up with a, a box of matches on him. As far as he knows, could be any book of matches. Because he just considers some gunk on him from the uh, shaft which he's been in. Uh, not like that, Michelle. Uh, he takes them and he's about to throw them in the incinerator, throws them through the air, and Ray, uh, Benny jumps to grab them to stop them going in the incinerator and goes... Opens them up and goes, this is the book of contacts. And it's like, but how does he know that book of matches is going to be that? He's got no reason to know that. We've been following it going through the city. Yeah, we but know. How does he know? I, um, yeah. Mm. Or does he just see a book of matches and go, well, I must be. I mean, they, they didn't even have it. So the smoking kills was facing him. If they start off with that facing him, then we will go, oh, maybe mm. that's what he's used as the reference or whatever. But a great twist would have been... If he'd gone, this is the book of matches, and opened it and went, oh, actually, it's not. <laughs> yeah. You're... Yeah, yeah. Oh, dear me. Because <laughs> they, already had... <laughs> they had already had the payoff of uh, the uh, girl pretending another book of matches mm. was that book. Yeah. But still, very satisfying ending, and... Uh... Yeah. I've actually written down what Benny says when Ray finally comes through the shaft. Um, it was perfect tactical delay, Ray. <laughs> nice, nice. I mean, that's a very pleasing line <laughs> in of itself. Yeah. I, I thought I felt I needed to write that, write that one out, read it out. I've yeah. written it out. Yeah. Uh, and then you. Yeah, and then it? it's um, you know, it's uh, everything's happy. He takes um the girl back to her hotel room where she can <laughs> safely stay for the night. <laughs> okay, that that may have sounded more wrong than I meant to. Oh, Nicola, we're trying to keep this family. I just. Well, the theme is this girl's been to a bondage. Yeah. <laughs> in a dressing, and now she's being taken back. This, she's she's quite well lived before the age of. You yeah, know, a young Yeah. Yeah. It was a more innocent time in the nineties. Let's just say that. <laughs> And hope it washes. Oh, how times have changed, eh? You couldn't have an episode like this on now. No. Oh, no. Moving on. <laughs> I, I like the fact, though, that... Uh, and again, this is another thing of how... Because of having met Benny, people's lives have changed. Mm. So she then goes to sneak out like she has all the way along. 
And you could even argue the fact that she's had someone to rebel against. Mm. Still, even though Benny's not telling her what to do, he's always been there to go, I don't think you should. So she's almost coming up. I think maybe there's even a psychological thing of where Benny stopping her feels like someone caring. So maybe she's Mm. going out for him to stop her. Yeah, very possible. So she comes out of the room dressed in a great... Yeah, so she comes out dressed in a glad... Oh, we're analysing this. Uh, She comes out dressed in her glad rags, ready to go out, finds him, he's fallen asleep in the corridor, he's dropped his hat, which we're like, we were aghast. (gasps) He usually keeps that on a clip at night to keep it safe and keep it well-pressed. And she sees him there, and she goes back to the room, and And she she even escorts him back. Let's get him undressed under a blanket in the room. <laughs> she wakes up, wakes up, looks under the blanket and goes, oh my. And he, she goes, oh, it's excellent stuff here. And then we were going, she totally peaked, didn't she? Like <laughs> Now, we are not podcast, which in any way, like obviously any creepy elements of an older man perving on a young woman is not acceptable. And same thing, vice versa. Like So if it's yep. a young boy, older woman, but the other way around, if you're someone who is uh, just gone through puberty and you've got a fine looking member of the opposite species and you have a peak I say that's okay <laughs> that way around I've got no problem they're asleep they're not consenting to oh no okay that oh, makes this it is no. getting wrong now this is it does it does there doesn't it but they're so you're doing a service because you're helping yeah, get but out their clothes but they're not participating in it, shall we say. It is the young person who's taking that action, not the older person who should know better and shouldn't be like but that. Anyway, she has good thoughts in mind and she gets the hotel staff to, to like press his uniform or something. Yeah, it's, it's all above board, we've decided. Yeah, there's nothing perfect anyway, about yeah. it at all. So uh, they go to the ball and we get the payoff of Walsh from the beginning yes. of the two-parter. He was there with this uh, young crime scene investigator, wasn't it? Yes, this lovely looking lady. Crime scene photographer, was she? I can't remember exactly what she was now, but yeah. So she's da- he's dating a subordinate. That's not cool. But anyway, <laughs> but, uh, we get her, her at the ball with him, which yeah. is quite nice. It's a nice it little moment. And I have to say, with Huey and Dewey there, is it Louis? Louis? I think it's Louis. Um, Just in tartan jacket. Tartan horrendous outfit. Um, Ah, the Scottish influence again. I thought, hooray, because we haven't had anything fun and exciting in Ray's wardrobe. So he actually took on that role for us and he wore a garish You're right, you're right. He. Ah, that's interesting. Nicely. Well, we didn't see that, but uh, (laughs) but what he he and Dewey get up to after the uh, episode is between them. Ray was very toned down for that whole episode. He was, you're right. Normally, yeah. towards the end, it kind of... We like the girl out 90s outfits yeah. of Ray for, for Nicholas Benefit. And it didn't okay. happen in this episode, but then right at the end, there we go, tartan... It's not, you're right, you're right. That, that fulfilled the that need. cheered me up a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Okay, and then you have the lovely moment of the girls dancing with his dad, her, her dad, who actually gives a shit and just is saying all this nice stuff. And she then sees the Latvian guy from earlier who turns out to be the son of the... Latvian ambassador. Which you could kind of see coming. But, but it's still very sweet and still... she He's going, look, no, we don't have to spend time with those Latvians. We can just spend time with each other. Like, we should... He's going, she's going, no, no, I want to do my bit for duty and everything. And, like, he's I literally... Yeah. <laughs> I tried to come in the bus and he left me. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's a sweet little payoff. I, it works totally well for me. Uh, but we are just in the dying moments of the amount of recording time I've got on this thing because I've got some other stuff on it. But enough about my microphone. Um, Michelle. Mm-hmm. 
how many... Well, first of all, better or worse than part one? I don't think it was quite as good as... I would agree with that. That's my feeling as well. So what... Uh, oh, God, we, we haven't... What are we going to rate it out of? What handcuffs out of ten? Because <laughs> I forget I'm what we did in part one. This six out of ten. Six handcuffs out of mm. ten? Oh, that seems very stingy. Mm. I'm going to go for... Oh, seven or eight. I'll go for seven then. Seven. I liked it. I'm going to go for seven. And the reason being is there's something in my head as an alternative ending where the Latvian reads all about her in the paper and what she's done and doesn't get together with her. Because she's been in the paper for being in the bondage club. <laughs> it's totally for the sun, and that's what I'm thinking. And then he doesn't eat. So well, that's kind of pisser on it. Because yeah. I've got two. Well, when were they getting married? They were just going for a nice little dance. Well, all right. She's then. 15. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> but that was obviously in the air. You could see it in the air. And then he can't because of that, that was reason. In the air. So there you okay. go. Okay. So, Michelle. Mm hmm. I've got a serious matter of, mm-hmm. uh, and we won't make you do this because uh, you're an amateur. Unless you want to join in, unless no, you've got I'm an all idea. Good. I'm happy to listen. So, Michelle, most yes. uh, Canadian of the week. Okay, I've got this now. I've got this. So have I. <clears throat> My most Canadian, purely for his sweet, sweet nature, the Latvian boy. Oh, not where I was going. The bartender. Ooh, okay. He is working in a world which some might call perverted or wrong but he just we sees just them as them. people <laughs> yeah that's true enough he just sees them as people though doesn't matter what you're okay. wearing no, people nice. is people that's nice are you, are you going to stick with yours or are you going no, to I'll, 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 yeah i'll stick with it now let's see with that okay i can go with that as well okay and for the most american of the week my most american of the week is actually going to be the security guard from the shopping mall department store thing purely because and i always feel like we're berating the americans on this but afterwards, when when the whole kind of um, thing going on with the girl hanging over the balcony and Benny goes and saves her, later on, he's sat down having a chat with a lady and he's bragging that he saved her. When he was not involved in saving her, it was actually Benny that saved So when you say, we're usually down the Americans, you're just going to be down them again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From a bunch of lines. So, yeah, so it's, for me, it's that kind of American kind of attitude of, yeah, we're so great, yeah, I did this, and I did Lie that. our asses off. I love Americans. So for me, I'm going to go a bit more positive. I'm going to say uh, the girl from, what's the girl's name? Shit. I'm, oh. Girl who's yeah, been in this whole episode. Two-parter, and we've both forgotten her name. The girl. We're calling her the girl. The, the daughter of the Canadian uh, ambassador. I'm going to say because... She may do the wrong thing. She comes right in the end, though, and I really want to believe that of Americans. And in this time where America has maybe some leaders who are not doing such things, I know many fine Americans and I want to believe that of them. So let's leave it at that. (laughs) I believe in you, America. We love you, America. Get rid of him. I'm not saying whose him is. I'm just saying get rid of him. So, uh, that's pretty much all the business we've got for Canada uh, uh, in the UK this week. Mm-hmm. I've been Detective Squee. I've been Mountie Michelle. I'm Josh Baker. I'm Nicola. And until next week, Michelle, what direction should do you think they should perhaps keep their compasses pointed at? Do south. By southeast. <laughs> Fuck's sake, one job. <laughs> How many one jobs have I got? <laughs> <laughs>
Christ's sake, Michelle, you had 27 one jobs.